Yours truly, OK Fabe here. Welcome everyone to another rousing edition of the World of Fandom podcast. It has been a hot minute. It has been uh, over two weeks since we talked about this, and uh, we are here now live ish in person sort of um talk about everything and anything in the world of fandom you guys know me i'm connor okay fabe and of course i'm not alone i'm joined by my brother from another mother andrew what is going on good sir living the dream living the you're, you're that well, how can we have... you know what i didn't mention to this in the pre-show but we've ordered two dumpsters to clear out the house so oh actually, god oh my god dude it's been so therapeutic throwing stuff out it's been really good so wait a minute. I mean, I haven't. I've seen your whole house, obviously, and I mean, You've there can't been be. In it. Yeah, there can't be. There can't be that much stuff. Well, you have to remember, this house used to be my aunt's, and a uh, lot of her. Okay. There's a lot of her stuff, but like, dude, the last time you were at my house, the funny stuff, right? Yeah. Was when uh, my firstborn was first born. <laughs> and that must have been like four or five years ago. So. Forest so, born with forest born. I, I, for, for, man, you were just tongue-tied today. Yeah, dude, I'm tired, too. <laughs> I've, been, I've been pushing myself mad hard to lose weight uh, because, of course, we all – you know how I lost, like, 40 pounds, and then, yeah. and then COVID hit, and it's like that 40 pounds came back. But it, it wasn't as noticeable. Like, it sounds stupid, dude, but because I go to the gym, like, five times a week, it wasn't noticeable as much. It just because, shifted around, right? Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, I've been pushing really hard. The, so, in the past three weeks, I've lost twelve pounds. Damn. Yeah. Holy crap. So, I mean, the, the thing too is like, and then you know more about this than I do, but like, one thing I've heard a lot of like people say, because obviously looking at me, it's like, who do you know about nutrition and value? Eh. Um, is uh, like sometimes when people go on these diets, or they go like not just on diets, but also like look to build up muscle in, in between, they won't lose as much weight because they're just replacing the fat weight with muscle weight. And so even though on the scale you see it's like, oh, I lost like only a few pounds, realistically you're in much better overall shape than you were before. Correct. When I first lost the 40 pounds two years ago, I didn't. I wasn't going to the gym regularly, but I didn't do any weightlifting until I lost the 40 pounds, and then I right. weightlifted. So it's a little different this time around. But I figured out what my problem is. Like Jeez. I've done everything. I've done keto. Yeah, cheat is fucking a. It is. I've done a lot <laughs> of things, right? I've done keto. Yeah. I've done fasting. I've done carnivore diet. All of them have like short-term results. But yeah. here's, here's the answer. Ready? Mm-hmm. I just don't fucking eat as much. I I I, <laughs> I literally I literally cut out dinner. I don't mm-hmm. have dinner, right? And then I walk the lake. I walk the lake every day. That's it. That's 400 calories burned. I just don't eat as much. That's it. I'm a fat ass. I eat too much. We all know this. You, you, you've seen it. You've seen it happen. But and by the way, I have a beef with you, real quickly. I have a fucking beef. Uh, okay, in this is clear, this is this is going to get interesting. In clearing out our house, I found my yearbooks and I found our Austin Prep yearbook. Oh God. You know, do you know who didn't sign it? Who? You. Wait, really? I don't see any signatures there. So when Money in the Bank happens, and I will see you because I'm going to force myself into your life, you are going <laughs> to sign that book. Damn right I am. <laughs> um, but before we get too deep into the random absurdness that is this episode, if you guys want to thank you everybody for tuning into the World of Fandom podcast, even though uh, we have been uh, very inconsistent with our scheduling uploads, but we appreciate everybody who tunes into the episode. Of course, uh, I have 
appropriately titled this episode Totally Unprepared because, quite frankly, it seems the most appropriate uh, episode title because we are indeed totally unprepared for this one. Of course, you can also follow us on Twitter at PodFandom, uh, which, by the way, Andrew, we have to talk about the uh, fantasy fight that you posed yes. last week, which we'll, which we'll get to in a minute. But, um, but yeah, yeah, this uh, this one is uh, is going to be completely off the rails. I have some things that I, I, I want to bring up on the show. I'm sure Andrew does, too. He might have some hot takes. But neither of us have any idea. There's no, like, underlying theme. There's no specifics. It's just straight-winging it again. So this is going to be a bit of a... Um, fall down the rabbit hole situation i'm sure so and so b- bear with us and to be absolutely fair it's not our fault there's not much that's been happening like there's a few things that i think we can talk about but like if we compiled it all together it would probably be like at maybe 20 minutes of talking so that's why and i'll tell people this that's why when you and i were discussing what we should talk tonight i said fuck it we're probably just going to talk about a few geeky stuff and then wrestling for the rest of the time or something it's just it's inevitable because i do have something that i want to bring up that i made a mistake about on wrestling uh oh we well we can do that in a little bit we okay unless you want to do it now Screw, dude the, the, there's the fuck the it. name of this episode is totally unprepared so i mean let's let's just bang it out so last time we talked oh, i don't know if it was last time we talked maybe it was a few times ago we brought up dark side of the ring Mm-hmm. And we talked about the Chris Benoit episode. Yes. I'm a fucking idiot because when I watched the episode I watched on YouTube, I didn't realize it was two parts. I don't even remember which part I was watching, so I didn't wait, get the whole... Wait, 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 so what did you do when you... Okay, so the first part basically built up his entire career. It also, like, kind of paralleled Eddie Guerrero's career, and then, like, it ended with the Benoit tragedy. Yes, I think I only watched part one, so... Oh, no. So here's the thing, right, and... The states between you and I, right? Christine usually goes to bed after. Okay, this is our nightly routine. We go upstairs. This, right? this is only between us and everybody who's listening on the podcast right now. But go ahead. We watch whatever she wants to watch, which is either Dateline or mm-hmm. or Dawson's Creek. And Dateline's fucked up, by the way. Dateline, <laughs> it really is. Dawson's Creek or or I thought you were, or, I thought you'd say Dawson's Creek is really fucked up. No. I don't so, want to. We'll watch something, right? We'll watch yeah. one of her things. But yeah. eventually she'll fall asleep an hour into it. Right. So I've been I've been going on Hulu and watching Dark Side of the Ring. And I've been enjoying it. Like I love the fabulous Mulo one. I thought that was really interesting. I of course the Owen Hart one, which a lot of people say what you want. Owen's always been my favorite of the hearts. I've always thought he was the best. I know mm-hmm. Brett has the accolades, but I loved Owen. I loved how he was always like pissy and moany. He's like, Brent, I'm the better one. I don't Real- think you're going to win the world title tonight. You can't Re- even beat me. Real quick before you keep going, because I want to just make a quick note of this. Um, when that episode aired, right, a, a lot of fans were like, oh, um, <laughs> Owen should be in the Hall of Fame. Owen should be in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, he, he's probably one of the top people that like heavily that fans want in the Hall of Fame. I remember watching the Twitter results and like watching the Twitter reactions because wrestling does take over Twitter a lot when it's on, when it's hot and good. It does like dominate Twitter feed, or at least my Twitter feed. But anyway, obviously. And um, as soon as that episode aired, everyone was like, oh shit, no, we understand with Martha. Once Martha spoke about everything and made sense of why he will never be in the Hall of Fame, almost universally across the internet, people were like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Oopsie, basically. They completely agreed with her, and I'm like, I can't really blame her. But anyway, Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, so anyways, I've been catching up on it. And, like, I've been avoiding the Chris Benoit episode 
Just yeah, that's it's it's a tough it's a tough one. Yeah, you have to. And what's worse is I watched it after a really fucked like dude. I'm talking like it like <laughs> was really fucked up Dateline. Like I was like, dude, I'm not going to sleep tonight. So let's watch Chris Benoit. <laughs> so I watched it, dude. I didn't like you were right. Like I was talking about like the concussions and everything, but mm-hmm. I think the biggest trigger was Eddie's death. That's what did it. Someone, I think Jericho might have been the one that said, like, Eddie's death was the beginning of the end for Benoit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can't really. But, you, yeah, I, I don't think there was one single, like, solitary thing that you can say. Maybe Eddie's death was the start. But I think it was just a hodgepodge of everything. But, no, those Dark Side of the Ring guys, they do phenomenal work on a subject. And they go deep into stuff. They don't cut any corners. Um, they're currently on Season 3. And Season 3 started with Brian Pillman. I heard they just did Ultimate Warrior. They just did Ultimate Warrior. I have not watched that one yet, but funny enough, uh, A&E is also doing like a mini biography series on certain wrestlers, and yeah. wouldn't you know it, the Dark Side of the Ring episode of Ultimate Warrior aired the same week as the A&E special of the Ultimate Warrior, so whoopsie. Um, they did Nick Cage, who is like an ultra deathmatch wrestler, which I'll tell you, that's... Wow. Um, dude, I watched a New Jack one, dude. <laughs> Bro, it just it just remind me how fucking extreme New Jack was. Like uh, I remember from my childhood how yeah, was. and I'm like, oh, he decided to just cut someone up. It's Nick N- Nick Nick Cage is a little bit worse in some re- in some regards. Like Nick Cage, like you got to see it. It's part of the new season. But they also did Collision in North Korea, where WCW basically did a pay per view in North Korea during like the 90s, which is like oh. Communism at its finest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they just did the Warrior one. So they, they knock it out of the park every time they do it. I mean, uh, there was some that I, I didn't um, I didn't know a lot about. But then watching, I was like, what in the hell is this all about? So just good stuff. I, I, think, I hope they keep going because the Dark Side of the Ring series is just absolutely fantastic. I, I love great. I love how Jim Cornette's like, can you do like a bright side of the ring anytime soon? Maybe it's like, no, there's no fun. Well, I, heard, I heard the warrior one was like aggressively negative, except for like his ex-wife spoke some positive stuff, but the rest was just people shitting on him, which is which is a shame because this is what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna defend the warrior, even though I'm not a big warrior fan. Oh, I hate the warrior. Like, well, I shouldn't say hate, but I I don't like him. I am. I am relatively neutral towards Warrior. This is what I would say about Warrior. Okay. Warrior, for everything he's done wrong, you could point that at any wrestler in the 80s. It was so cutthroat. Like, Mm -hmm. Hogan did some really shitty stuff. Savage Mm -hmm. did a lot of shitty stuff. So, Mm -hmm. like, was... Let me tell you this. You saw the dark side of the ring with Savage, right? Oh, yeah. Again, who, who knows how much of that is true or not, right? But let's just say it is, right? Yeah. Like, would you say Savage is a better person than Warrior? I mean, Warrior's done some, like, no-shows it, it, and it's, kind of it's, blocked it's, some people. But. It's funny you say that because I had a conversation with the missus about this uh, a while back and said, uh, actually, no, it was pretty recent. And uh, my problem isn't necessarily with the Warrior. My problem is with WWE whitewashing him because they made a DVD WWE made a DVD in, like, I think 2005 <laughs> called The Self-Destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. And I watched it, and they just basically just, like, 
thrash him the entire time. Now you're right. If you if you were to line up all the '80s stars together, I mean Piper, you know, as great a heel as he was, he was a dick. Um, Hogan did some nuts, did some shady shit. Uh, Warrior did some shady shit. Savage did some shady shit with Elizabeth. Like there's nobody's clean, right? Everyone's got a little bit of powder in their nose, uh, so to speak. But the problem I have with that is that like. Warrior, they did the self-destruction old Warrior DVD. They bring him in, Hall of Fame. He dies, and then they release like a two, like two disc DVD set of his best matches. Where Triple H, the guy who buried him for his match at WrestleMania 13, was like, he was an intense personality, and I just, you know, he captivated the audience. It's like, dude, you just said he sucked so bad and was like the most unprofessional person like less than a decade ago. Like, don't, come don't on. Don't forget about the Warrior Award. Uh, that's the other part too. Like the the concept of the Warrior Award, I love the idea. Like the concept of we're gonna honor somebody who's not normally honored during the Hall of Fame. It's a great PR stunt, whatever. It's it's the the concept behind it's great. But to name it, like, uh, just it, it, like there's very, I'd probably say there's a handful of people, and I can't even think of any off the top of my head that you could name an award like that and be like, hey, this is like this 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 holds up. You know what I mean? So this is how I rectify it in my head with WWE and their relationship with Warrior, but not just Warrior, with like any wrestler that's left or gone back or had bad blood with, mm-hmm. basically Vince, because Vince is WWE. Yep. Is that I feel as though two things. Number one, Vince is such an extreme personality in all directions. <laughs> like when when Vince McMahon... He hates sneezes. Heard, yeah. From what we've heard from Jim Cornette, Jim Ross, Triple H, like everyone, right? When Vince loves you, he loves you. He will go out of his way for you. Like Tanker says, it's like Vince is the best when he loves you. But when, you are, when you're on Vince's bad side, like you're on Vince's bad side, you're dead to him. So I think, I think it was the ebb and flow of that with Vince and also the opportunity to make a buck, right? Vince is, Vince is super capitalist, need to right. make money, right? And, and I think number two, I think in the latter years, let's just say the past, 10 years or so what mm-hmm. warrior died in 14 right yeah okay i would say in the last 10 years or so i think vince is starting to soften up when it's come down to the past he's acknowledging wrestlers he's acknowledging other companies like vince McMahon of 1999 to 2010 would never allow stone cold steve austin arguably the greatest wrestler of all time to do an interview with chris jericho who left WWE mm. with AEW. He wouldn't have yeah, done it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Vince is just softening up because he realizes that the fans and the legacy might be more important than you're fired. Well, you know why they pushed Warrior so hard after he passed, right? Like, it did. Well, yeah, obviously, it all, it all boils down to money. But he, here's here's what I understand, and and by all means, I'm sure people will get me. Correct me if I'm wrong. WWE was lining up to push Hulk Hogan again. And the reason they were doing that is because they were looking for a big PR push to get people to un- to recognize the WWE as a brand, right? It, remember WrestleMania 30, they had uh, Rock, Hogan, and Austin out there at once? Yeah. Yeah, they did that because they wanted to re- like reintroduce these characters. Like, hey, you guys remember Austin, Rock, and Hogan? Well, here they are again, and they want to kind of like have like the you know when you think of those three names, you think WWE. 
Obviously, Rock's kind of an exception because he's obviously doing his own thing. But generally, the, that's the idea is that they wanted those names associated with that with that brand. So Hogan was supposed to be this big mega ambassador, and he was going to go around and 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 really push like do a massive PR stunt thing, like hey, here's Hulk Hogan, the great Hulk Hogan, trying to reintroduce the WWE brand to like the mainstream media, basically. And then Gawker happened. Uh, so they pulled Hogan and they pushed the next possible big 80 star that they could at that time, which was warrior warrior had, uh, decent, um, results when people were like talking about him in terms of, you know, being inducted recently. Um, obviously the story of him like passing away was like, just like, you can't write that shit in terms of like him, like getting inducted. And then two days later he's, he passes away. It's like beautiful tragedy in its finest. So that's kind of what happened there, and that's why they pushed him so heavily. Um, same thing with all the others, like Sting and Bruno and all that stuff. It's the same deal. It's them trying to to reestablish their their identity in the mainstream media and be like, hey, remember us? Da, 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 da. So um, that's why they were pushing Warrior so hard. But yeah, one word answer is money. <laughs> um, speaking of um, WWE, though, this is an interesting piece of news. I'm not sure if you heard about this, and I, I, I really want to talk about this because I just, you know, you hear a lot of wrestling rumors and stuff and think, like, man, there's no way. You're probably only somewhat familiar with New Japan, right? Uh, yes, tangentially. I know it. I know the legacy. I know some of the okay. big names, but I don't so, follow it. So, okay, so you know at least, okay, that's, that's more than some. <laughs> some people know. So, New Japan has obviously... Next to WWE, if you really want to, like, you know, put, you know, split hairs. Next to WWE, New Japan is the longest-running wrestling promotion on the planet. It's been around for forever. They're kind of doing their own thing, and they're doing their own thing very well. They've obviously done cross-promotions with the likes of, like, Ring of Honor, WCW, uh, AEW to some extent, and so, you know, blah, 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 blah. They're like their own mammoth behemoth. But now, apparently, there's a rumor going around that WWE and New Japan are going to work out a deal where they do a talent exchange, much like WCW did in the 90s. I think it's horseshit. Because Vince is so controlling. I mean, it'd be it, for wrestling fans, as far as getting like great matches, oh my god, like, shut up and take my money. But I just don't, I think Vince is in too, like, he's too, like, power hungry and in control to want to do any of that stuff. I don't know, I just think it's BS. Like, why now? So I'm going to try to put a thought out that I don't, I'm not very educated on. No, I'm going to try anyway. Yeah. Jim, Jim Ross recently was talking on his Conrad uh, interview. Yep. Um, the fact that WWE is shifting gears and they're becoming less about the family and more about the corporate, right? They, because mm-hmm. they just did all those firings, not only of talent, but also yep. people in the back, right? Yep. Uh, they're probably slimming things down. So who knows? Maybe this isn't Vince thinking about Vince. Maybe this is Vince thinking about the fact that I can't do this forever. I'm not leaving it to any of the, the big three being Stephanie Shane or, or Triple H. Yep. So like at the end of the day, w- what's best for business? Well, maybe this might be. No, I mean, it's hard to think what Vince thinks because, I mean, good God, like, Products have been so all over the place, but um, I don't know. It, it's it's hard for me to believe just because I don't know what he thinks. I don't know how he's. I, I don't know. I just I don't. I just feel like it would be it'd be great if we got that stuff, but I, I don't. I don't see it playing out. I just think it's too much of a stretch because I don't think New Japan would benefit as much w, as WWE would. 
in my opinion. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, what big. talent would WWE send over there? You could send a lot of talent and have some really good matches. It depends on how the deal comes out. You do like a Clash of Champions deal where you have like a mega show on each side and you just have, the, you know, like a one night only. You could Seth, Nakamura, um, AJ, uh, Drew to an extent. Uh, I almost said Samoa Joe, but he's not around anymore. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent that you could send over and have some really good matches. Um, but I don't know. I just think it's a little bit far fetched. But um, what was I going to say? There was something I wanted to mention about. Um, oh, did you, have, did you have any hot takes? Uh, a couple, not too see, many. See, see how couple. prepared we are, folks. Yeah, hint, hint. yeah. Just throwing this shit together as I go. We. So, minor hot take, but I'll throw okay. it out there. Uh, yeah. Rumors have been leaking around, and the rumors could be true that there is going to be a Nintendo Switch Pro coming out. Dude, I've been seeing that on fire lately online in terms of, mm-hmm. like, I think Amazon... Mexico. Yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> Amazon, Me- Amazon Mexico leaked, like, a, a UPC code or something for it. Yeah, they, they put something up there that... And usually if Amazon puts something up, it's legit, so... Um, yeah, I mean, you know I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I have a PlayStation. I've actually been playing a lot of PlayStation lately. But um, I love the Switch. I think it's great for a 34-year-old man with very little time. So, um, but <laughs> What a, what a coincidence. Fan. In two weeks, that'll be me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so at the end of the day, I, I, I think it'll be good. I think the Switch is amazing. And it could use the upgrade because it's what? I think four years old now. And... I don't. I honestly Shit, yeah. don't know. I don't know what they would do after the Switch. Like, I I feel like consoles are getting to the point that why release a new console if you just why not just do upgrades to the current. I just think that like Nintendo's hit the perfect mix because like you know I I don't know if we talked about this before but like with Nintendo right. Their big things are obviously they had like for years they had obviously the diehard like portable gamer and then the diehard console. You know what I mean? Like there was obviously mixed franchises on both ones, but like there was like a split almost. Maybe that's just me. And the Switch is like the perfect balance because you were able to get the best of both worlds. I don't see how other than like 4K resolution um, and maybe some other processing speed in terms of like, you know, loading time and blah, blah, blah. I really don't know how physically they could improve upon the Switch concept. You know what I mean? Well, here's the great thing about Nintendo too. They were smart because for their in-house properties, right? The ones that are exclusive to them. You don't need Ultra 4K, no, HD. No, you're right. I mean, Zelda has an anime cartoonish, you know, Mario's cartoonish, like, and I mean, Pokemon, of course, is Game Freaks and stuff like that, but I mean, it's cartoonish, right? The big names don't need to be super highly detailed and even then like if you look at the the power that the switch had and what they were able to do with it with like skyrim right like a pro switch could be a game changer for third party and other things so uh, you know what i'm just looking forward to it because you know i I, i've been loving the switch i've been playing the fuck out of it i actually just bought uh wild guns reloaded which is an old snes game wow yeah holy crap yeah, I've been I've been playing. So I actually first saw that on uh, Game Grumps, mm-hmm. and then I've been playing a lot of it on the uh, with my boy. So I decided to get the physical copy because the physical copy adds more characters in there. But anyways, that's uh, 
So what do you think they could do to improve upon the Switch, other than, the, like I said, the 4K resolution and maybe making the processing speed a little faster? I I think those are the things. I think it's processing speed. I think it's the, the, the resolution, the, the graphics. Um, and I think... I think if they made it more accessible to third party, but they, that's not real. Go okay. ahead. I was gonna say if they open up their library, that's the only downside I think that the the Switch has. If you gave like I I, I tweeted this out because I don't know if you saw the the Super Mario Party update. No, I didn't see it. So now online play is available. Oh, that's good. So when Super Mario Party first came out. Uh, the biggest complaint, and I, I was I was right there with them, was that you couldn't play the board game version online with people. Like there was a separate online mode. It was it was okay. It was a couple of mini games, but it it wasn't. Now you can play the full game online with friends. Uh, and I said I sent out this tweet. I said Nintendo, if you uh, not even all of them, but if you release like let's say the last. Four Mario Parties before Super Mario Party, uh, and gave online capabilities so people can play with friends online. Be making bank, making bank, because you can't tell me how much fun. Well, until our friendships are ruined, uh, how much fun that would be <laughs> to play that online. You know, because you can do it with Mario Kart. Why not do it with like or it's the same thing? But they have so many great games, and if they just don't, because I remember when the Wii came out, their library like, oh, you can download all these old ones, and people are like, no shit, and it was an, it was a great concept, and I bet they made t- shit tons of money on it. But if they did that with the if if they don't improve upon the Switch graphically or anything like that, like we just said, if they open up their library and they're able to do a mass conversion, oh my god, they will dominate. Another thing that I would love to see that they're just not going to do because they have the fucking Nintendo Switch online is I love the virtual console from the Wii and the Wii U, the ability to buy games. And That's what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they could really open it up a lot if they did N64 and GameCube games, too. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah, it would be a game changer. But, you know, we'll see what happens. This is the thing that I've learned about Nintendo. It's for the most part I've learned to just let go of the wheel and let Jesus take over because I think they ultimately <laughs> Let's go! Know- I think they ultimately know what they're doing. Like, they, I, I said this. I think before. they're careful. I say, well, yeah. I think, but they're smart, careful. I said, I said this before. Mm-hmm. It's like an arms race between fucking Donald <laughs> Trump, PlayStation, and and uh, Joe Biden, Xbox over here, just fighting it out. And then you just have the little toy maker in the corner that's Nintendo watching it all go down. This fucking eating the popcorn like they're fine in their own little corner and they know what they're doing i mean you're not wrong um oh there was a switching gears real quick um do you like bo burnham i don't know who bo burnham is damn I was hoping you would. Um, no, that's okay. Bo Burnham uh, is a comedian. He's actually from Massachusetts, and he just came out with a new Netflix special that he hasn't done in like five years. Um, I think you would like it, but I'm going to warn you in advance. It's dark. It's a dark comedy special. So, Bo... Bro, you know I like it dark. I, this this is this is different. Like, this is, this is a different level. Uh, you have... I can't... I can't accurately describe it, but basically, Bo is is a very interesting 
per, uh, type of comedian because he has definitely a different type of sense of humor. Uh, but his big thing is that he actually, and he mentions this in the special, is that he took time away and he said he wasn't going to do stand-up anymore because he got severe panic attacks on stage. He's like, great place to have them. Um, and he stepped away and he, he improved his mental health. And he's like, and then I did this thing where I said, hey, I'm going to do another stand-up special in January of 2020. And then funniest thing happened. Uh, so he made a special entirely on his own no crew he filmed it edited recorded did everything in front of no crowd in a room for a year oh shit it's um i, I recommend it heavily uh for those of you who've seen it you know how good it is for those who haven't seen it i still recommend it but just as a heads up you, you just brace yourself <laughs> i'm gonna say it's it it's gonna go through some 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 interesting moments well that's fine. I'll I'll do it. I'll watch it. You you know, being around me, that I think the one thing that should have no boundaries is comedy. Comedy should be as dark as it needs to be, as funny as satirical. It should not be handcuffed by the rules and laws and nature that we we as a society uphold. Like everything should be on the table with comedy. So I'm down for whatever. I agree with that. Oh, by the way, uh, just to make a note here, yeah, he wasn't, like, forced to be in this room. It wasn't like he was, like, put a gun to his head. It, it, it wasn't like that situation. It's that he <laughs> he pushed he pushed himself creatively to, to do this, and he even admits, like, it took him a lot longer than he anticipated it to, and just, you got you got to see it. It's, it's, it, but it's, it's so, it's so interesting, because without spoiling too much, you'll have these, like, realistic, like, real moments with him where he gets like frustrated and you see him like getting like angry and upset at himself and getting like overwhelmed. And then it cuts to a funny song that has nothing to do with that. And like, the, it, it's so good. I really recommend it, but just heads up <laughs> that that's all. Um, but I did also discover a show that has been off the air for about a year now. And I binged watched six season of it in two weeks. So, you know, I've got great things going on in my life. Um, <laughs> Did you ever watch BoJack Horseman? No, but I want to. Dude, it's it's so good. It's so so good. It is um ironically, a lot of the things I just mentioned about the Bo Burnham special <laughs> where it's it's funny um but it has a lot of deep thinking. It I really can't recommend it enough to. Like a friend of mine said like you you need to watch BoJack Horseman. I think you'd really like it. I'm like, "Okay." first two episodes I'm like I'm in let's do this and then <laughs> within like two and a half weeks I um I plowed through six seasons which um you know they're only 20 minutes an episode which makes it easier to digest but again same thing where it's just like it, there's there's characters there's interactions there's jokes there's like a lot of lot of deep thinking uh, moments where I was just like wow I need I need a day to process what just happened but it <laughs> It's really good. The, the concept is basically there was a it's it's there's there's humans and there's human like animal hybrids that live in the same world. Uh, and there's a lot of funny jokes about that in between. But mm. it centers around an egotistical former TV show uh, star named Bojack Horseman, who used to be on this like Bill Cosby esque show. But he is an asshole in real life. And just take that for what it's worth. And trust me. Oh, it's a roller coaster of a ride. So definitely not just for anybody listening to, but Andrew definitely think you'll like BoJack Horseman. I I'll, I almost know you will like BoJack Horseman. 
I'll definitely look at it. I'm actually I'm pretty open on TV shows to watch. So yeah, do BoJack. It's on Netflix. Go, um, go, go. How, how many episodes per season? Uh, there's twelve, except for the last season, which is six. There's sixteen. Okay, that's an easy, quick watch. Yeah, that's that's you blow through it pretty quick, and I, I'll tell you, it's it's well paid. It just it's good stuff. We'll 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 talk more about it next time. Um. I'm trying to think of anything else off the top of my head. Uh, there was a little bit... <laughs> Twitter kind of went a little nuts today over the fact that uh, people were expecting a Spider-Man trailer. Oh. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> and that's that. Uh, <laughs> sure. Apparently, William Defoe is coming. You know what? I'm going to say something I'm not looking forward to this new Spider-Man yeah. stuff. You want to know why? What? I loved the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie so much. I thought, honestly, like, listen, you know, there's a ton of great movies in the echelon. If there's a top five comic book movies, Spider-Man 2 belongs there. I was about to say, the second one is is honestly one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Uh, the third one, the, the reason I have a, such a bad taste in my mouth about the third one is because I feel like they did Venom dirty, um, and I love yeah. Venom. Uh, but... And I feel like they just had too many things going on at once. Other than that, I mean, that's really the only downside of Spider-Man 3. The first one was okay, but the second one is just chef's kiss. I, I, I like the second one a lot. Um, the, thing, the thing, though, is, and I think this is something we talked about before, and this is all the Marvel movies, to be honest with you, I'm trying not to play Fantasy Booker. And I'm trying yeah. not to overhype the limit. You know what I mean? Like, WandaVision really opened my eyes with that one because... Everyone and their mother was like, oh, man, at the end, it's going to be this big, nasty villain. It's like, no, it's not. It's going to be this, and this is how it is. And it was a simpler ending than a lot of people were. And a lot of people were disappointed. It's like, well, that's – I'd say that was like 80% the Internet's fault, if not more, because they overhyped the they overhyped the ending so much. They thought there were things there that weren't there, right? Well, it's the same it, thing with Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones had yeah. the same issue. Yeah. But, and so I'm trying to, like, quell my expectations – to be like like Loki. Loki starts next week, right? And mm. don't get me wrong. I'm excited for Loki. I'm excited to the possibilities, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this. But I'm not like, oh, so much shit's going to hit the fan in this sixth part of this first season of Loki. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying not to, try not to overhype it. Yeah, well, I think this is ultimately a unintentional uh, backlash to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that, we expect everything to be connected together. We, we just expect it to be a trailer at the end. We expect it to be a reference to another superhero, something, right? And right. by doing so, it's, it's put this expectation in our head where everything has to be connected. So, I mean, it is what it is, but I just, I just don't, I don't want them to touch that universe because it was fine the way it was. I don't want to see... 50-year-old Tobey Maguire come in and play old man <laughs> Spider-Man and do it. I mean, thing. I wouldn't... Okay, let's... Fuck it, let's put on our fantasy booking hats. <laughs> okay. I said how we're trying not to do that, so let's do that. Let's do it. I'm fine with no multi-Spider-Mans multi in Spider-Man No Way Home. As cool as I've seen so many like fan posters and teasers and stuff, I am perfectly fine with them only focusing on just... Um, what's his face? Tom Holland, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I've heard some rumblings that apparently Sony is looking to use this as a 
uh, a way to kind of help rebuild a universe of their own with their own properties, which good luck. But I'm fine with not having a bunch of spider because other than just fanfare, what good does it do? You know what I mean? To bring in older Spider-Men. Yeah, I'm talking like franchise wise, you know, like you have Tom Holland. He's Spider-Man now, unless you're going to reinvent the wheel and make your other another different Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, so I'm fine with just, just the one. Mm-hmm. You can go. Uh, I, I agree. I, so here's the thing, right? And people are going to smash that DC fanboy at me. But I honestly don't think that... Uh, um, I'm kidding. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think Marvel should dip into the multiverse, right? Uh, I know Marvel has a multiverse. I know it's pretty rich. I know they dip into it. Like, the whole Spider-Verse thing was a thing before it was a mm-hmm. movie. It was actually, you know, a comic idea and a crossover event. But, like, I think DC just does multiverse stuff better. And I don't know if it's because they've just been doing it longer or they've just been doing it more consistent. But I just don't think I don't think Marvel needed to do that. I go back to this a million times. Marvel needed to reboot. Like, the backlash from the Eternals itself should show. Like, did you hear about the trailer? For no, the I saw I saw the trailer, but I didn't hear any backlash about it. Dude, everyone's shitting on the Eternals. We have been <laughs> here. We have been waiting. Oh, yeah, fuck, okay, yeah, 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 the yeah, fuck yeah. Were, yeah. so that's the thing when you have too big of a universe and you try to introduce new elements. It's like, wow, X-Men, where were you when we needed you against Thanos? When were you when we needed you against Ultron? Like... <laughs> Fucking a! Like what was what was that what was that Linkara joke about the Power Rangers where it's like, oh, you know, would have been great if you were doing the like during this or that or this or that. Like he goes yeah. through all the seasons villains, but no, we're fine right here right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're right though. It, it, you're you're not like you're not keeping your shit together. No, and that's yeah. that's ultimately the what's going to do in the Marvel universe. So like them doing this whole you know, far from home or whatever it's called, long home or home home or Homer Simpson or whatever they want to call it. Homer Bound, the incredible journey. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just not invested in it. Like I said, I just, until they bust out the X-Men, I don't really care because I don't know. I'm pretty upset with comic books in general lately. do Do you think in general, doesn't matter which side you're on, DC or Marvel, whatever, do you think multiverse theories or multi or exploring multiverses is a creative crutch. No. <laughs> wow, instilling confidence in that answer, are we? You know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, because like obviously, yes. when you do that, rules are out the fucking window, and you can literally do anything you want. I think multiverse works if you approach it in the fact that it doesn't have to all be connected, right? If you want to tell a story, and I'll just take DC. But if you want to tell a story about Zack Snyder's Justice League, mm. go tell it. And then if you want to do a story about a, a brand new Flash over here with a new actor in a new universe, as long as they don't cross over, I think that works fine. Which is funny because with the Flash, he probably would. But right. like same thing what they're doing with Batman, right? Robert Patterson's Batman has nothing to do with Zack Snyder's Justice League. Right? right. Sometimes it could work, right? I'm not saying it can't work, right? Because they're going to do it with the Flash... Uh, movie with Tim Burton's Batman and stuff like that, but I think it's just better if you tell them as self-contained stories. One of my favorite properties for comic book storytelling and other media is the DC animated films. 
They had a fantastic connected universe for a while, but they also did stories like DC New Frontier, uh, Superman Red Sun, like stories like this, or, or just recently they did Justice League, um, no, Justice Society. Uh, and all of them were set in separate universes, telling their stories in separate universes. Red Sun didn't, sh like fucking Superman from the Prime Universe didn't show up and be like, hi, communist Superman, and communist Superman is like, yet. Like, it's fucking, like, they do their own separate thing. So I just think it's dangerous to do crossovers, especially when you haven't established a separate universe. And let me explain this why. Okay. Marvel is jumping right into doing, like, look at all our Spider-Mans together. But if you look at DC, they've already established that these universes are separate. They have a Joker movie that has been out for, what, two, three years now? And yep. it's in a separate universe. They have a Batman movie that's going to be coming out before the Flash movie. I see where you're getting at now. Universe. Okay. So they already kind of established that. By the way, Joker 2 apparently out, coming out. Yeah, I... What do you think how that's going to go? Not good. <laughs> I, you know... Oh, God. Okay, this, Dude, is, a, this is a good I'm, one. I posted something on Twitter of a guy dressed up like a clown yeah. typing on the internet that says, me complaining about the Joker movie knowing full well that I'm going to go see it, which is true. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think, here's the thing about the Joker movie, right? Okay. The movie works so well as a self-contained movie. Does it have flaws? Yes. But for the most part, it's a great self-contained movie, and somehow they did it. Somehow they told a story about the Joker without <laughs> having Batman involved. Sorry, I just I love how you're like somehow don't know how they pulled it off, but they did. They did it. No Batman. I mean, they had baby Bruce Wayne like getting hit on by a pedophile Joker, but besides that, like they they didn't have Batman in it, and they right. pulled it off. Like mm -hmm. they should have ended it right there. But of course, money speaks. Now, if they were going to do an established universe, and and they they know from the get go that they were going to do a three movie series. Right. And that's fine. But I think this was just like, let's do a really cheap-ass movie and make some quick quick cash off it. And then they made a lot of quick cash. I was going to say, they, like, they knew what they were doing. And then they're like, fuck, let's make more cash and let's just fucking sequel it. They don't, they don't need to do it. Joker 2, the jokening. But I know, yeah, basically, right? But you know I'm going to go see it. I am. I'm gonna to want to see no. I want to know what happened. I mean, I'm, I can't. I can't say anything because I'm gonna do the same thing with the Marvel movies. So you know. <laughs> I mean, ha have fun watching Shang Chi and Eternals and and Black Widow and all the D-list characters. And I'm sorry, sorry to piss people off. Black Widow is a D-list character. No one gave a shit about Black Widow. At all until the Scarlett Johansson. L came. Listen, I'm I'm not. I, I told you before. I'm not. It, it's not for me. It's not like ooh wow, can't wait to see that Black Widow movie. Let me contain that enthusiasm. It's why? Why are we doing this? There's because there, even in like the crappier Marvel movies, obviously it had a, it had some role to play in a bigger picture. Or Marvel's just got the biggest balls right now, and they're like, you know what? We could do this. And they just throwing, they're throwing. You know, screw. We can't do anything wrong at this point. Let's throw this out there, and yeah, that's that's gonna go well. Yeah, the the future of comic book movies don't look good right now. It's kind of like not to get on a really hardcore subject, but like you heard about what they're gonna do for the next Superman movie, right? Yes, I think we talked about that before. Yeah. So I mean, it goes the same way, right? They're, yep. they're 
they're trying to appease to an audience that they don't need to appease to, right? And what's even worse about that is the fact that if you're going to change Superman black, that's fine. But what about all the other black characters that you're not showcasing and said that you're you're blackwashing a character? Where's my John Stewart? Where's my Vixen? Where's where's like my Black Lightning? Where's my Static? Where's my where's my Icon? Like where's all these characters? You know what's funny? There, uh, Anthony Anthony Mackie said in an interview, the guy who plays Falcon or now Captain America said, the the rise of the superhero movie is the death of the movie actor or the uh, the movie star. And it took me a minute to realize what he said, but he's absolutely correct. Because if you think about it, right, um, movies are now trying to franchise themselves, uh, and they're invested more in the franchise than they are the individual people. Like, if you think in the 90s, right, you had, you went to see a movie because of the actor that was in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, Jim Carrey had his movies, um, uh, I'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head, and I'm having bad bad examples. But like the Jim Carrey is the one that I can think of off the top of my head. Robin like, Williams. Robin, like. yeah, okay, actually, yeah, Robin Williams. You go to see the the movie because of the actor or actress playing in the movie, not necessarily the movie itself. You're like, oh, it's a different role. But now, I mean, shit, uh, Transformers. It's not Mark Wahlberg or what's his name, uh, Shia LaBeouf movies. They're Transformer movies. The beef, Mar- Shia LaBeouf. The Shia LaBeouf, Mar- Marvel, the same thing. DC, kind of doing the same thing. Like they're like, like you have these film companies investing more into the franchises, and then they are the the actors themselves, which is like it. It just blew my mind when I saw that. I think I saw that on a TikTok earlier today. I was just like, "Holy crap!" He's absolutely right. It took me a couple of times to like process it, but I'm like, "Yep, he's one hundred percent correct." You know what's really funny, right? And this is going to be super unpopular opinion, but hey, I'll give it anyways. Um, despite how good these films have been, right? Because I think we can all agree that we've enjoyed what Marvel has put out and, you know, and DC has put out. Yeah, there's some stickers here and there, but for the most part, like, comic accurate costumes, them doing yeah. great special effects and, you know, all that stuff. But I, I actually miss the days of, like, comic book films not being big. Like, I loved it when Blade, the Blade trinity, uh, the yeah, trilogy pretty Blade solid. great. Like, the Spider-Man movies, Batman, the the original trilogy with uh, not the original trilogy, but the Dolan trilogy that was right before this whole oh. Marvel Cinematic Universe happened. Yeah, like dude, all the it, dude, even even not the good movies like Blade, uh, not Blade, um, <laughs> Pun. <it. laughs> no, no, I mean, like, <laughs> I know, but it just it was the funny slip up. You're like, man, so many good movies like Blade, and even the bad ones like Blade. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, um, yeah, I, I know you're talking about like Punisher. Punisher or like Daredevil. I actually didn't mind. Pun- but- I didn't dare. Yeah, Daredevil is. I mean, I'm blind, kid. Pocked. <laughs> um, I actually liked Punisher to be honest with you. The Thomas Jane one with Nick, with John Travolta, even though John Travolta was a fucking horrible villain. Um, <laughs> but there was God. Okay. And then you had the X Men movies, which you know weren't bad. They were Whatever. Third, it seems like the third one always sucked in these trilogies, right? Spider-Man 3, yeah. X-Men 3. But, like, the second one was always really good, right? Like, yeah, actually. Like, I like the early 2000s movies because it felt like they had something to prove and they were going out of their way to prove it. Plus, they had nothing to, like, to go off of. How do I say this? They had nothing to, like... They had no other comparison 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they had to like, oh, this version was better. You know what I'm saying? But exactly. Um, going back to Punisher real quick, just because I remember this, like John Travolta was fucking horrible villain. And did you see the movie? Yeah, I watched it with you at one point. I think. So I don't know if you remember this, Although, but like I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, right? I don't remember much of it. All I remember is that one scene. He takes out a, a some guy tries to stab him. He takes a knife and he butterfly knife and he's spinning around and keeps on hitting the yeah. guy in the head. Shouldn't play with knives. No. Um. Yeah. So basically, the idea is that he's he's trying to get revenge on you know uh, Punisher's trying to get revenge on on John Travolta's character because he you know he's a mobster and he killed his family. But he 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 does it where he sets it up where he he makes him think that his wife is having an affair with his like best friend who's like the heads of his security, and so he kills both of them. He uh, he kills the head of security guy and he wraps him up in a rug, and then he throws the wife off of a bridge and then like a train runs her over. You don't see it, but but anyway, the point I'm making is that. The son starts looking around. He goes, "Hey, where's uh, where's the friend?" And he's like, "Oh, he's tied up in something right now." And mom, she had to go. Took the train. I'm like, I don't know what it was about that, but I think that started my love of dad jokes. Oh my god, that's great. Uh, but anyway, I saw I saw a really good dad joke, which um, was from Aquaman. That shows Nicole Kidman character, right? Atlanta. And then it shows um, baby Arthur Curry being held by the dad. And it, underneath it says Nicole. Underneath Aquaman it says kid. And underneath the dad it says man. Nicole, kid, man. God. Actually, you know the best ones I've seen? And I think you shared a bunch of them on your Facebook is when it's Riker and Picard. Oh, yeah. Those, those are, are just gold. Um, oh, the... I, I want to look them up now. but um, Shit, I feel like I was going to say something about like the uh, the early two thousand movies, you know, the good ones know, like Blade just... and the bad ones like Blade. Um... <laughs> Dude, those Blade those Blade movies were solid fucking movies. I think Blade was like the first like rated R superhero esque movie. Yeah. So I think that's why I got some. But no, I, I mean, you know, Wesley Snipes. You know, the... <laughs> that's back when the vampires were like still like fucking cool and they weren't about being sexy and shit like that they were being like oh these motherfuckers are gonna kill you kind of like I yeah they, they hadn't they hadn't really like tapped out the genre you know what i mean like yeah yeah i know what you're talking about like they haven't like tapped out like i feel like zombies are like the, that genre is done to death no well, pun intended. Like if, if you look at blade or you look at underworld which is another decent vampire movie <laughs> i say decent <laughs> I say no, no. I, I laugh because I think of the third one when like she's trying to talk to her father and he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> apparently that ends a conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, 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 like Davy Jones up in here. But that's when vampires were vicious and monstrous in in, in mainstream movies. Dig now... through the ditches and burn through the witches yeah, and slam in the back of my drag you <laughs> oh god, I fucking love Rob Zombie. Anyways, um, but now like, I don't think we've had any good vampire movies in forever. I can't name any. Did I tell you about my my fucking purgatory I put myself through? No. So, I decided to. <laughs> I oh, decided you know to... it's good when you can't oh, even finish the sentence. God. I decided to take it upon myself uh, because. At one point during COVID, I'm like, I'm just going to watch a bunch of movies from, like, you know, 20 or 10 that's, years ago. And just that's watch. a dangerous... That's and dangerous. Them, dude, and some of them I love. Like, I got to read... Like, I 
about a year ago, I read all the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits and the Cimmerillion. <laughs> So yeah. then I watch the movies, and of course it was utter joy and bliss, right? But then I said, I'm going to do something bad. I'm going to punch myself in the nuts. I'm going to watch the Twilight series. And I had to and I had to coordinate it privately so Christine didn't find out because I know she would give me shit for it. She would give me And rightfully shit. so, I mean. Yeah, rightfully so. But I watched through it all. And uh, bro, bro, like I, I was going into it. I'm, I was going to say, you know what? I am a 34-year-old male. This has no appeal to me. But you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna try to see the silver lining in this. I'm going to say, well, maybe there was good acting or good concepts or, uh-huh. or, or something. Oh, dude, no. There was no – it was even, even, even – and I get it. It's not for me, right? It's, it's right. fantasy, like fucking tantalizing shit for women or whatever, right? Wish from, for film. That's the word to use. I get it, but it's not like the website. Good. It's not good wish from the. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good wish fulfillment. It, oh, dude, it was right. So it's like bad. wish. It's like wish dot com fulfillment. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it was bad. I do remember when those were super popular, like just at the end of high school too. And it was like back to back. You had the Harry Potter movies, and then you had the Twilight movies, and it was just like big movie franchise based off Burks. That just fucking dominated us. In the Hunger Games, like there were a bunch of franchises that just dominated the movie theaters that were based off books for like young adults or. or yeah, you know why? Because Hollywood couldn't come up with their own shit. Well, I mean, nothing new there. Fuck. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, you know I'm what? Try- I'm proud. I'm proud of us because I honestly thought we were going to talk about wrestling this whole time, and there's still yeah. a chance that we will. But we have done a good job at not talking about wrestling. So anyway, uh, Double or Nothing was last night. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. Is it Mark Henry now in AEW? Yeah. Yeah. There's someone, a funny... Oh, someone, wow. Sorry, sorry. Someone made a really funny meme with um, the SpongeBob episode where yes, Patrick... Yeah, I, I sent that to you. I was just going to Oh, it was you? Up. Oh, I, I was sent say, it on TikTok. I couldn't remember if it was if you said it, but I'm like, God, that, is, that is so freaking accurate. Oh, that's not that many. Yeah. See, I'm going to be skeptic of any wrestler that goes from WWE to AEW unless it's, like, a big name. Like, if like I'm not going to be shocked if fucking, and not for nothing, because I love Mark Henry. I loved Mark Henry's world title run, and I love Christian. You know how much I love Christian. I love them, right? I love them. I also loved them 20 years ago when they were relevant, right? But if fucking, like, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. But if Roman Reigns showed up, like... A plausible person like Seth Rollins, imagine if Seth Rollins showed up, that'd be fucking amazing. Or like if they got a big name to come over, like a big name that had the WWE championship that was fucking huge because the only ones that they got that had that title was Jericho and Moxley, right? Dean Ambrose had the title for like two minutes, right? Yes, yep. That must have been a weird title reign because it doesn't sound like it made much of an impact. It so... Uh, give me a minute. I have to r- r- rumble around my wrestling brain here. He won the title. Actually, that was an interesting situation. Um, so what happened was Roman fought Seth Rollins. Seth just got back from knee sur- knee or ankle injury that took him out for a while, and mm-hmm. so he came back as a heel. But crowd went absolutely like bananas for him. So he challenged Roman at Money in the Bank. Roman the week before was announced that he was going to serve a thirty day suspension. For violation of the wellness policy. 
Is this kayfabe or what? No, what this was it? this was legit. He he, sir. Okay. He had, oh no, I'm sorry. The week before, like I think like the day before. So fans were speculating whether or not Seth would win the title, and uh, if Roman like retained, but they just kept him off TV for a month because the thirty the thirty day suspension ended at like the next pay per view after Money in the Bank, like right on the money, no pun uh, intended. So yeah. what happened was Seth beat Roman. And then Dean won the Money in the Bank briefcase earlier that night and cashed in and beat Seth. So oh, literally yeah. in one night, all three members of the Shield held the WWE Championship. That's pretty cool. And then they did the brand split 2.0. Dean went to SmackDown and lost the belt to AJ. Interesting. I hate the fact that there's a brand split. They don't need a brand split. I there's got way too many fucking titles. That's what I was going to say, dude. There's too many divisions. It's too bloated, and there's no meaning behind all of them. By the way, here's, here's hmm. a random Sounds question. Sounds familiar. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> a random question that has um, been bulging through my head. Let's take in the past, let's just say, what world titles do you, and I'm, I'm talking about WWE, WCW, the mm-hmm. world heavyweight title, right, the WWE one, mm-hmm. uh, the NWA title, the mm-hmm. universal title, take all of them, the NXT title, AEW, yep. all of them, right? Yep. What would you consider the ones with the most value, right? Because when I look at it, Ooh. like, I didn't really consider the world title that valuable back in the day, but now looking back on it, I figured it had a little bit more prestige than I was giving it credit for. But, like, I look at the universal title, and I just think it's a fucking joke. See, that's a tough one for me because it also leans into personal preferences. Like, I love, love the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. And it has the most prestige and uh, legacy out of all of them. All of them. So part of me leans towards that, but then at the same time, obviously NWA does not have the the audience and the the legacy right now that it once had. It's still still building itself, and so you know you can have an NWA title change, but it won't have as big an impact compared to like the WWE or the World Heavyweight. Um, and honestly, the whole brand split creating a universal title, in my opinion, cheapens the WWE Championship. You know what I mean? Because it just, it doesn't, damn, that's a tough one. Um, I would have to go with the WCW Big Gold World Title Belt because that had a mix of everything. It had a mix of like the modern, but also had the legacy of the NWA title dating back like way back. See, I think it was so stupid at WWE. I get why they unified the titles, right? Yeah. But they should have ununified them instead of just making the world heavyweight championship because it's Thank basically you. the same title and why not keep the prestige I, I yeah I, I didn't get that either that that was a huge like why oh, I don't know I don't know but I was Memories. just thinking that because like what what champion would be considered the most prestigious right now by having a specific title or even in history right because I know the NWA title has a lot of history and prestige too right but like some of the greatest wrestlers of all time Never had it. Taker, Rock, Austin. To my knowledge, Hogan? I don't think Hogan ever no, had it. Hogan's never um, had the NWA title. You know, Hart never did. Shawn Michaels never did. But, like, obviously the players did, right? Yep. But, like, at the same time, like, what is considered the measuring stick, right? If a wrestler retired today and the only title they ever won was a world heavyweight title, like, that 
WWE or the Universal well, title, like, how would you feel about that? Well, the other thing, too, is look at, like, you, you make a good point. Look at, like, quality of matches, too. So, you know, Intercontinental. That could be one of the more prestigious ones because, or even look at it this way, when ECW was at its highlight, when Van Dam was on his, like, almost two-year run. Television title? Yeah, a lot of people said, oh, no, the, the, uh, and, it's, and it's true. A lot of people valued the TV title as much or more than the World Heavyweight because of the quality of matches that Van Dam was having. The same thing goes with Flair with the NWA title. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I think, really, that Intercontinental title actually might be up there, honestly. Despite all the wishy-washy that it's been in terms of its value lately, that might be up there in terms of one of the more prestigious ones, now that I think about it. But... Um, before we get too much more into deep stuff, let's do the fantasy fight. So oh, yeah. we did, we of course do the poll on Twitter, uh, at pod fandom, and we have you guys vote. And of course, Andrew last episode said who wins this week's fantasy fight in a 4d chess death match, uh, referring of course to the 4d chess game on Star Trek. And, uh, it was Tony Stark versus Seto Kaiba. Why this popped into your fucking head, I have no idea, but I love everything about it. And uh, Tony Stark won three to one over your boy Seto Koiba. Now, I'm going to switch gears here because, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you, I am pulling a lazy card on this one for, for my pick this time. Okay. I am picking the next episode of Death Battles matchup. Oh, shit, I didn't even see who it was. Um, Steven Universe versus uh, Butterfly Star, or Star Butterfly. Well, I saw that, but I don't think I stayed to see who was going to be in the next match. Who's going to be in the next you, match? You, you, you ready? It's actually a rematch. Oh, yeah, Link versus Cloud. I did see that. Yeah, which buddy. Very, because, like, why are you doing that? Now, the characters hasn't really changed too much. That much. Right. So... But remember, they so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, uh, you know, Death Battle is a fantastic web series that you need to watch where they go really in depth um, on the you know the possibility of of if you put these two fictional characters together, who would win an ultimate fight to the death. In their early stages, though, they didn't really go too too deep into stuff, but now they go really hardcore into measuring like you know, potential as far as, like, strength, durability, all that fun stuff. So, I think Link versus... I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know this one. So, in order for me to even express on who I think I would win, people need to understand on how anime is presented versus how it's supposed to be translated. Okay? Mm-hmm. And what I mean is this. Uh, let's take... Let's take Goku, for example, right? Okay. Let's just take, get rid of Goku's strengths and his speed and his durability and all that. Let's just count Goku's abilities, right? And let's just count Ultra Instinct. Let's take that, for example. Ultra Instinct in the TV show or in the anime or the manga, right, seems like a broken ability, right? The ability to have self-movement, like you can always dodge everything or, or supposedly you can, right? In the latest chapter, he got fucked up, but... The fact of the matter is it seems like a a supernatural, impossible thing to have. But if you really break it down, right, and if all things are equal, Cassandra Cain in the Batman universe basically has Ultra Instinct. And even more so when Cassandra Cain fought 
who is arguably considered the best fighter, right, in the Batman universe is Cassandra mm-hmm. Kane by a lot of people. When she fought Red Hood for the first time, he picked up on the fact that she was using uh, self-movement, reading people's movements, and then he did it, right? So how how powerful is Ultra Instinct on its own, not including all the power-ups, right? Anime exaggerates abilities and strengths and all that stuff, like people jumping fucking buildings and shit like that and all that. It's all just exaggerations. Now, a lot of things are to show off powers, right? Like, I have no doubt that if Goku shot that Kamehameha wave at the fucking Earth when he was attacking Cell, instead of instant transmission, if he actually shot the fucking Earth, he'd probably blow it up, right? We've seen mm. Frieza do it. I mean, I saw a motherfucking King, uh, King Vegeta just wave his hand and blow up a planet, right? There's certain aspects of that that is true, right? But if we're taking into consideration how anime is displayed versus how it's actually translated, like, there's two different things. So when you look at a game like Zelda and then you look at a game like uh, Final Fantasy, specifically Final Fantasy VII, Crisis Core, you know, Advent Children, all that stuff, Final Fantasy tends to exaggerate Cloud's abilities. He's jumping off buildings. He's kind of like flying in the air, but he's not. He's kind of gliding. Like, he's taking 9 million stab wounds and all that shit versus a game like Zelda where Link is very, I don't want to say realistic, but, like, if you look at him, he, does, he doesn't do shonen anime shit. He's a, right. he's a guy that walks around with the sword and does shit. Yep. So you have to take that into account. Now, if we take all that into account, right, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you have to take into account their items because one of the big complaints that people had about the first fight is that, Cloud wasn't using his best summons or his best. Um, um, I just want to say how, lo- how much I love this really set you off. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna break it down, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna make it mm-hmm. make sense. So, um, a lot of people were pissed off because Cloud didn't use all of his items, right? All of his magic, all of his summons, all of his weapons. Like they just did kind of a baseline Cloud which I think on how they determine things between him and Link was smart. But if you say that about Cloud, you have to say that about Link, right? If, if, because Link wasn't using everything that he could have used out of all the Links in that matchup. So the question I have for you, Connor, is, is this just baseline Cloud versus baseline Link, or is this all out, they have every single weapon at their disposal to fight them? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what, which... I assume you mean the latter. Yes. Okay. Link wins. Hands down. It's not even a fucking... It's a stomp. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Link has many items in the games that in general are just broken that would give him a distinct advantage over anything that uh, Cloud could summon or cast or swing. Right? It's Mm. just plain, flat, and simple. For example, right, let's just pretend he doesn't get the Triforce, which Link should have if you're counting everything. Nauru's Love is a spell-like ability that he gets in Orcarina Time, which makes him invincible invincible for a short period of time, in which uh, he can reactivate again, provided he has enough magic, right afterwards. So essentially, he can make himself invincible to any attack at all. So there's that. Let's also take into account that Link has the ability to change his appearance physically into various different characters with all the masks from Majora's Mask. And of those masks, the most powerful is the Fierce Deity Link, which is nigh unstoppable, right? 
and mm-hmm. is extremely powerful. So if we're taking that in consideration, if you got Snyru's love and he's got the fucking fierce deed he's masked, and in conjunction with his other various items that make him absolutely really broken, like the Master Sword is a far better weapon than any Buster Sword that Cloud has, right? And then we also take the stuff that Screw Attack brought in, right, about his gauntlets and his shield. Like, yep. Link's shield is almost like Captain America's shield that's supposed to disperse. Like, uh, any attack is basically indestructible. The Hylian shield, the, the the mythical Hylian shield from, like, Skyward Sword, not, not the fucking one that you get in order in time. But if you count that into place, and also his ability to instantly teleport with uh, Faron's win, if you're, you're looking at it through the logic of Super Smash Brothers, again, we're counting every single game. Right, we're counting yeah. every incarnation. So I wish we're I had popcorn right now. We're counting Super Smash Brothers, right? Then I, I just don't see how Link could lose because Link has so many fucking hacks to his. If we're counting everything, right? The ability to become invincible, mm-hmm. the ability to shrug off any attacks, the ability to increase his strength tenfold, a far better sword, right? The ability to turn into a god with a fierce deity mass, basically a god, right? And that's not even, that's just off the top of my head, right? We're not talking about the ice arrows or the fire arrows or the light arrows, all with various different stipulations that could fuck up Cloud. Now, I'm not saying it would be an easy fight. I think Cloud has a percentage of winning, but I just don't think Cloud has, and Cloud, and might I add you, might I add you, Link is a naturally built natty. He's a natty, he's a natural, right? He Taking notes at this point. All, yep, we're, we're talking about steroids here because this is what it is. <laughs> he is a natty. He he basically learned everything on his own, on the fly, where Cloud's abilities were basically programmed in his head. His memories were programmed in his head. His skills are not his own. So one could also argue that Link has better experience over Cloud because he actually learned the stuff so he can think on his feet better. Right. So, so clearly you're on Team Cloud. Clearly, right? He's, he's, just, <laughs> he's just so much cuter. Right? Of course. Listen, I, I, I'm, I, not, I'm not no, saying Cloud couldn't win, right? But I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate, and I think it would go to Link. I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, honestly, I think Link has just more, um, more like more options. It's kind of like the Sonic versus Mario argument. The reason. Uh, Mario wins is because he has just so like besides his durability, but he just has so many damn power ups available. You know what I mean? And even though a lot of them counter each other, uh, there's some that just like <laughs> Mario can turn you. <laughs> I can turn you into gold. Like it's just it's that that's a thing. <laughs> so it, it, yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you. But of course. Want to hear from what you guys have to say? So hit us up on Pod Fandom. I'll be tweeting it out actually right about meow about who do you think is going to win this week's um, who do you think is going to win this week's uh, fantasy fight? And use that hashtag fantasy fight. Use the vote on whether I think it's Link and Cloud. Comment on the tweet below, and maybe we'll read it on the next uh, episode whenever that may be. Um, but other than that, Andrew, any other things we got this week? No. I mean, for a week that there was no news and we didn't really have anything planned, I thought we got a lot out. 
I agree with you on that one. So anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate the love and support as always. Make sure you follow him at Andrew Cutter Inc. on his Twitter, his Instagram, and his TikTok. You can also follow me at OKFabe on the same thing. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at OKFabe. Follow the show. Hit that um, subscribe button wherever you guys are listening to your favorite podcasting apps from. And uh, we'll see you guys next time for another awesome episode of the World of Fandom Podcast. Take care, and as always, take it easy.